Hello and welcome to episode eight of the Unnamed English Minds podcast. I'm Connor and with us again is Sheridan. Hello, Sheridan. Hi, mate. How are we doing? I'm not too bad. I mean, it's been a busy few weeks, hasn't it? A lot to discuss. So I think we very much want to get stuck into the football, but some things are more important than sport. Um, How are you? Yeah, I'm not doing too bad. I'm not doing too bad at all, mate. Like you say, a lot has happened at the club uh, within the last week or so, certainly since we last uh, recorded. So I think we should uh, we should just jump straight into it and uh, acknowledge it quickly. Yeah. uh, So, yeah, we said before we begin, basically, it's important to mention some of the developments in the past week, namely uh, Mainz putting the following statement out about Anwar Al-Ghazi. So it starts with Mainz, Northern suspend Al-Ghazi. Mainz have relieved Anwar Ghazi of his training and matchday related duties. The decision comes as a result of a since-deleted social media post from the 28-year-old that appeared on Sunday evening. In the post, El Ghazi took a position on the ongoing conflict in the Middle East that was deemed unacceptable by the club. Prior to making this, uh, this decision, the club and the player had engaged in an in-depth discussion. Mainz Northern respect the fact that there are varying perspectives on the decades-long complex conflict in the Middle East. However, the club are distancing themselves from the content of the social media post in question as it does not align with uh, the values of the club. Uh, So, I mean, first and foremost, our thoughts, I think like most people listening to this, uh, have been with all of the innocent people affected by the attacks and subsequent war in Israel and Gaza the past couple of weeks uh, and in general. as it as it mentioned in the, in the statement, is a long term conflict. Um, if you've heard how simplistic our analysis of football can be at times on the previous seven episodes, I'm sure you'll be glad to hear that we don't think it's probably right for us to be analysing such a serious and difficult situation in detail. But I think it's important to mention, and uh, obviously, yeah, important to uh, think about it personally as well. So, any thoughts, Sheridan, before we move on? No, I fully agree with you, mate. It's it's devastating what's happening at the moment, and there's there's countless innocent lives have been lost, um, and and you know that's that's not something that that this podcast or certainly how how we see it uh, should be getting involved in. We're not a geopolitics podcast. We're not a history podcast. We're not a whatever you want politics podcast. Um, <clears throat> like you say, our football analysis is 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 thin at the best of times, so we won't be going on to anal- analyze anything that that is of, of such importance um, as that conflict um, other than to, to perhaps just not necessarily stick with the club, um, not necessarily go against the club, but, but go along the line of this is what the club have said. And um, I think in terms of our um, discussion on that, certainly in a published form, that's where we'll leave it. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, it's yeah. uh, something that's happened, isn't it? And uh, now we just have to basically... Uh, yeah, live in the world after all of that's happened. And it has been very weird to see sort of uh, such an important news event being sort of linked into football in uh, in the same sort of way. But I think it's important as well. Obviously, the the fans put out uh, some statements during the game as well, reading out the banners. And that's obviously a big yeah. part of German culture as well in the stadiums is showing that solidarity with people that need it. So uh, I think that was really important as well. 100%. Yeah, totally agree. It was um, the, the two banners basically just saying... Um, um, a piece for those living in Gaza and um, <clears throat> um, solidarity with all victims of um, of anti-Semitism, of of uh, terrorism, of of all kinds um, of violence that that perhaps have ended the lives of, of innocent people um, over the last few weeks. So again, another important important statement from from our walkers group, from our fans group at Mainz. Uh, absolutely and it does feel bizarre in light of that chat at the start of the podcast to now turn our thoughts towards football and something a bit frivolous but that is what we're here to discuss Sheridan so um, if 
we just decide to place ourselves in the shoes of our pre-buying selves. Um, we, it was a big game of the weekend. Uh, we went there on the Saturday night. What was the vibe as we were walking over to the stadium? It was... Uh... It was it was a strange vibe, wasn't it? I mean, obviously we've discussed the El Ghazi thing, so there's a lot. It was a bit of tension in the air. I felt um, there's obviously a lot of different opinions, but thankfully um, that that was mostly minimised, and people were able. Certainly, it's a very privileged thing to be able to say, of course, but people were able to largely focus on the football um, that we got to go and watch. There was a lot of excitement in the air because. Bayern Munich coming to town. There's always excitement in the air when uh, the the record German champions um, rock up. Um, there's even more excitement in the air knowing that they hadn't won uh, in Mainz, certainly in the league, for the last uh, three seasons, I think it is now. We've beaten them on the trot at home. Um, if you're ignoring, obviously, the thumping we got in the cup last season. Um, so you know, people were very excited. It was an, another... Um, uh, strange experience of Mainz because I think I, I don't know when our last uh, Saturday night top game was so the uh, evening kickoff kickoff as it was on a Sunday uh, on a Saturday sorry um, so so yeah and I, I think a lot of people uh, were excited to see what would happen but also kind of nervous that there, there may be a, a six seven eight nil hiding on its way yeah I was caught between the kind of thing of you know this is the last team we've beaten in the league so you know pick up where we've uh sort of lost that uh, we picked we left off from when we we're playing good uh and also between because as well there was a lot of talk about injuries and in the build-up to the game as well like of the football related minds talk that we had during the week it was very much this player's not going to be there, this player's not going to be there, this player's not going to be there for various reasons. Uh, and it was just getting to the point of, do we have anything in attack? Do we have anything at the back? Who's going to be in goal? <laughs> Am I going to have to bring my kit? Am I going to have to bring my boots? That kind of stuff. So <laughs> it was uh, it was an interesting build-up. Um, I was, yeah, nervous for the game, but also excited. I think as well for us, uh, what we probably had is just the chance to see the England captain playing 100%. In the city that we live, well, you don't live here anymore, but in the city that we've lived in for a large period of time, <laughs> um, it, it, it was a little bit surreal seeing Harry Kane in the flesh um, over here. So that was good fun. But yeah, so um, in the end, I mean, despite all of the injury talk, we I think we're worried about Zentner, Vandenberg and Brian Gruder in the lead up to the game. The lineup came out an hour before the game and... Um, I think in the end there's one change and it was um, Dominic Core coming in for Tom Kraus. Yep, yeah, I, I I don't know what uh, I don't know how serious these injury uh, concerns were, but they were serious enough that they were being posted everywhere and people were taking them seriously. But uh, both players, um, or certainly Gruder and um, Sentner, um, managed to play the ninety. No, well, Sentner certainly played the ninety minutes. Both players certainly started. Um, and did Gruder make the ninety minutes in the end? I mean, he hit the post think, in the 89th, didn't he? So he, I think he might have come off as a substitute, but definitely yeah, it's, the full game. It's certainly the, the, the longest length of game that he's managed to... Yeah, certainly the, the, the longest length of game that he's managed to play for us, hasn't it? So, um, But yeah, and, and those concerns were washed away, which was thankful. Like you say, there's a lot of talk on the on the stands before actually going, uh, do you know what? Um, I forgot on my boots. Like, Has anyone got a spare pair of shin pads? Like, who fancies it today? I'll play in goal if you play midfield and then we'll swap at half-time. It was, um, yeah, a little bit concerning, but both players played, um, which was good. And both players were very solid. Um, and 
yeah, I, I mean, like you say, like Harry Kane, that was the big one. I was texting the group chat before the game, looking around at everyone going, look, lads, that's, that's Harry Kane. And I don't often get excited about uh, opposition players, but I uh, I was in my little kid mode uh, on the stand before the game. I had my girlfriend with me over from uh, Canada. And I'm going, that's the England captain. She's kind of, is that important? I'm going, that's <laughs> the England captain. Like, <laughs> do you know who that is? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just to see a player of that calibre, I think it's rare to have a player of his kind of stature join the Bundesliga as a fully grown product as well. So usually when there's like the great players that play for Bayern or Dortmund, like we have seen them play in the Bundesliga for quite a few years. Whereas, yeah, yeah Kane's come here literally as probably, I mean, if not the best striker in the world, I mean, he's definitely not the best striker in the world, but he's definitely in the Certainly top three. Certainly one of, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um there we go. I mean, it was, it was exciting. I was nervous. I, I thought he was going to score a double hat-trick. Would have put money on it, but I'm not a betting man. Thankfully, <laughs> I didn't do that. Um, and it's funny. So um, what we should also mention as well with the lineups is that we had a few people returning to the bench after injuries, so they probably wouldn't be ready to play 90. But Maxim Leitch came back onto the bench and so did Sylvan Vidmer mm-hmm. after about five months away. Um, mm-hmm. Green shoots, I think, as we go into sort of this run into the autumn. Um, seeing hopefully people get back and you know not immediately get injured again. Let's hope that that doesn't happen. Uh, but if Touch we move wood. on into the game, I think okay, they scored in something like the eleventh minute. But I think yep. in general is actually a reasonably positive start. That was basically Bayern's first chance, and it's just a very very good finish by Kings to come on uh, that leaves us behind. It, yeah, it is. It's an excellent finish, but um it, and and you're right, it was a pos- it was a more positive uh, start that we've had in recent weeks. Um looking back at the highlights obviously, it was a, a breakdown of a goal of a, of a chance for us um that has led to a goal and you can you can look at that at one one way or the other is um you know, it's it's positive in that we're we're actually we're at the home team and we were getting at Bayern early on. We've not sat back and looked to let them come on to us and and try and hold out for a point. We've actually gone looking early for a for an opening goal. Um, but then to put yourself into a position where you allow yourself to be counted on um, in your home stadium is is difficult. And I think that the ball pops out into the centre of the park. And I think it's Danny De Costa that's really weak in the challenge um, that allows the player to to get beyond him and then sprint into our half um, before opening up to allow Kingsley Coman to to drive the ball back across the keeper. Yeah, I mean, it's very much one of those ones where it's kind of I think mo- against most other opposition, it's not dangerous. He's he's you know he's running down on goal. He's bearing down. Someone's closing him down, but it's just sheer pinpoint finish from Kingsley. Come on, nothing Zenter could do yep. about it. Uh, he's quick enough. There wasn't really much that the defense could do to cut, hit goal side of him. So I think then it's about how you react. And I think you know we didn't react badly. We didn't react great either. Um, before long, it was two nil. Uh, and that one, I think, of the three goals that we conceded, is the one where I mean, firstly you're thinking you know we've just waxed the record about Harry Kane. Uh, he does very well to find himself in in some space, but then at the same time, it's just a little bit sloppy from our perspective as well. Yeah, it's uh, the same as we've been talking about all season, isn't it? It's a ball into the box that we fail to deal with. Um, it's popped to the far post, and he's he's found himself in space. Um, and, and everyone's kind of at sixes and sevens and not entirely sure who to pick up. And Harry Kane makes the most simple kind of feigns to go towards the near post and then stops. And that sent, uh, sent one of the defenders for a hot dog. And then you've got someone behind the keeper who's not sure if he should attack the ball or stay on the line to try and clear any potential header. And in the end, doesn't really do either of them. 
and um, Kane has probably is one of the most simplest finishes um, he'll have all season, which is a shame because as an you know, as a Mainz fan, obviously we're two 0 down and you're gutted, but you've just seen Harry Kane score live in front of you, and you're like, okay, you know, you know, this is fun, but it's it's not a good goal to concede, and you're like, actually, do you know what? Harry Kane might have scored that, but I think I would have done as well. Yeah, I mean, he's found the space well. It's a very simple finish. I mean, it's that's kind of part of what he does as well, but he is also known for you know a good turn and a sort of slick finish as well. So. You know, I think the last goal I saw him score on German soil was in an England shirt. He had a Cruyff turn in the box and uh, whacking it top corner. A uh, little bit different this time. Uh, and I wasn't quite so happy about it either. I was, uh, I was kind of thinking this could get ugly now. And thankfully, Sheridan, my knowledge of football is obviously not great because that's not quite what happened. We kind of solidified after that and got better. <laughs> yeah, who would have seen that from a Mainz team, actually? Do you know what? 2-0 down after 15 minutes. I was thinking the same thing as you. Uh, we're watching that and going, oh, do you know what? This this might get really ugly. Like All of our, our biggest nightmares are about to come true. But we we did solidify. There was there was a couple of moments of, of real frustration where it was just sloppy giving the ball away, um, losing the man, dropping out of position. But all these kind of things that you would sort of expect of a team that aren't in form at the moment. And you're not the, the biggest mistakes in the world. They weren't fatal mistakes where you think, actually, do you know what? away into the fourth division with you, you don't have a place here. It's just these things happen on a football pitch. Um but we yeah, I it was it was it was a much more solid performance and it, it gives me hope that that actually things aren't as bad uh as as they seemed for a, a number of weeks now, but also kind of um I don't know, have we just upped it a little bit because it's against Bayern and we go away to Bochum at the weekend, a team who are also struggling towards the bottom of the league, continue to make these silly mistakes and, and continue to court, concede silly goals. I don't know, we'll see. Um, but there was there was shimmer of lights and we've not had a lot of shimmer of light in the, in the last weeks. So I'm going to take it as the greatest performance of the season. And actually, <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with Mainz. We're going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those ones where for the first time in a while, if you were to do like a Man of the Match award, you'd have a couple of people to talk about rather than just Brian Gruder. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's uh, <laughs> a positive thing for, from our perspective. I think I think you're right. We stepped it up probably because it was Bayern, but also probably, or hopefully, this will be proven over the next com- coming weeks, whether it was or not, because actually we need to step it up. You know, we've we got two points on the board uh, this season so far, eight games in. Uh, Bochum away is going to be a difficult fixture. Leipzig at home is going to be a difficult fixture after that. And you, you basically, you, you're in the point now where the form is such that every fixture we look at is going to be a difficult one to get points from um, until yeah. we start getting points and start to build up a run of form. So um, I think I'm at the moment being pessimistic to be kind of guarded in terms of if I get too optimistic and it doesn't happen, I think I'll feel more let down kind of thing. Uh, but it's certainly a positive sign going into the coming weeks that we were able to sort of step up the performance and the thing is you can step up the performance all you like if you're 2-0 down and you're not going to get back into the game then you're going to be adrift anyway but we managed to do that uh we created some chances and uh we went into half time with the deficit halved uh which was good and really i mean We've not scored many goals this season, Sheridan, but we've scored some very nice ones between Brian Gruder's one last the, the last episode that we did. Anthony Cassie is our top scorer now this season, and he scored two absolutely. <laughs> that says a lot. <laughs> just little shimmy to get onto his left and sort of whack it right in the top corner. I mean, it, it was a, a real beauty from uh, Cassie. Oh yeah, it's a lovely finish, but uh, you know, it's that the ball's popped out to him. Um, he's he's taking it forward. He's got his head up and crashed it back across the keeper. 
Um, it's it's everything you'd want a player to do in that position, everything right. Because I, I feel like sometimes in that position, watching neutral football, there's too many players that try and be clever in that situation and they try and find the the near post or they try and roll it under the keeper. Quite Sometimes, actually, I just want a player to come onto it and just, just put it. his foot through the thing. Just like, <laughs> take the keeper's head off if you need to. Just whack that into the top corner for me. And that's what he did. Um and you know, it's, we, we talk about the, the the finish from Cassie and 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 whatnot. Um, but the, you have to talk about the assist from from Gruder, the work Gruder does in the build up to the goal. Um, it, it just shows perfectly why Mainz fans are so excited about this young lad. Yeah, I mean, he, he completely opens up the space. He occupies a few defenders, if not physically, then mentally. They're all think, looking at this side, and it just creates the space for Cassie to kind of drift over. That's something that we know that Cassie has in his game as well. So if, if attackers are able to sort of build to that, then that's actually something that they can rely on, that he's going to provide an outlet on that side. Um, and I mean, hopefully it's something we can see more of. I mean, I remember episode three of the untitled, un, unnamed, sorry, English Fights podcast. Oh, I never get almost. that right. <laughs> I never get it right. Um, I think when we were bemoaning Ajorque's two missed penalties in Berlin, uh, we... Yep. Uh, ended up sort of discussing the best striker of a ball in the squad. And I will say, and I think it is Anthony Cassie. We've now seen a bit more of Brian Gruder, so there's you know a little bit of question there. But I just think he has a really good finish of the ball. Between that, his goal in Berlin, and also the, yep. the friendly goal against Burnley as well that we saw way back in July, back when uh, the, the goings were good, shall we say. I think... <laughs> it, I, Every time I see him, sort of in an in an attacking sense, I have a lot of positive things to say about him. So I, I just want to give him his credit where it's due. No, hundred percent. I agree with you. There was actually talk in uh, one of the Mainz group chats I'm in, um, saying one. Well, I don't know who the person was, um, but they they would actually like to see him in more of an attacking role. And the rebuttal to that was quite rightly. Well, okay, if you're going to do that, then you need two players in behind him. Um, that are solid and informed that can actually do the defensive work. But I don't think that's the worst idea in the world because Cassie getting forward uh, for the goal against Bayern is exactly what Bo Svensson's system is supposed to do. You overload the far side, which creates space for the wing-back, if you like, Cassie, uh, in, in, in this moment to push forward and create that overload on the other side. So once you've dragged everyone across, suddenly you create that space on the far side for the player to pick the ball up and crash one into the top corner. And like you say, he's a good striker of the football and he knows where the goal is because he's our top scorer this season. I mean, it doesn't take a lot with two goals out of how many have we scored? Four or five. But, you know, there's there's a reason that he scored the two goals when he's got into these positions. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, especially when Philip Weiner comes back from his injury and then you've got Sylvain Vidmer, uh, hopefully back full fitness, playing out on the right-hand side. I don't know if it would be something that would be considered, but I, I don't think it would be the worst experiment in the world. Yeah, it's interesting because I think a lot of what allows him so much space is that as the fullback, especially the way how deep we've been playing, he's just not expected to be there. So I'm wondering if that extra time allows him that kind of thing. But ultimately, if you're going to finish a chance off as well as he did then, then you could probably just play him up front for all I care. I mean, <laughs> more chance of sort of <laughs> anything going on. So it'd be interesting to monitor. I mean, anyway, it, it put us into the halftime break on a bit more of a positive mood. Um, I mean, I, I did get a message. I, I was supposed to have a mate visiting for the weekend. Unfortunately, he was ill, so he didn't come. Uh, he texted me at half time, How's it going? And I was like, you know, not great, but we've scored. So that's something. Yeah. We've got to remember as well that um, uh, Jason Lee hit the post in the first half. Before we go into the half time, 
Um, he's got up and won the header and he leapt like Cristiano Ronaldo above the centre half and Ulrich has had to make a fantastic save to dip it onto the post. So actually, we could quite easily have gone into the break level. Do you know what? I've completely blanked that from my memory. I think possibly it's just too painful to uh, admit <laughs> that we could have been uh, to all at half-time. But <laughs> thank you for pointing that out. I mean, what I was going to point out as, as we go into the second half is that we actually had a couple of chances here as well, most notably on the hour mark. Um, Stefan Bell uh, oh. hit the post, didn't he? Was it, was it the post? Or was no, it's it just wide. But, yeah, it, one yeah. of those that you've got to score. Yeah, I mean, I remember just being absolutely like, I mean, ugh, here it comes and literally yep. straight down the other end and Goretzka scores the 3-1, which kind of yep. su- wrapped up the game, kind of summed up our season so far a little bit in terms of really just not taking anything going forward and being so easy to counter on going backwards. But I mean, it was good to see us laying a glove on Bayern and we were definitely the best team in that first 15 minutes of the f- of the second half. We weren't even really deterred by that. I think we continue to play football, which again is a good sign, but it's just, it was, it's one of those things. If we'd have been able to stay within punching distance of them going into that final half an hour, I think it would have been a really exciting game. Didn't quite end up that way, but here we go. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It's, um, it's one of those, it's, it's just before the hour, the balls come across the box. And for whatever reason, Stefan Bell's on the edge of the area. Like the man must have had a no lead. He must have had the the, the lack of oxygen because he, he had no idea what he's doing in that position. Um, and the ball's just come out to him perfectly on the edge of the box. And on my opinion, if that's if that's Gruder, if that's Cassie, if that's Onizivo, if that's more attacking minded player, the ball ends up in the bottom corner. But unfortunately, it's a centre half that's ended up there, and he, and he, he doesn't. It's not the worst finish in the world it does graze the outside of the post but a more attacking minded player brings that on the inside of the post and brings us level um and then like you say it, it doesn't and in traditional minds fashion the ball goes up the other end of the pitch and i think it's cassie in the end that gives it away um away on the left hand side of the box just a, a, a sloppy pass um it's, it's knocked first time into the center goretzka picks it up and just it's a toe punted finish but it's one that ends up in the bottom corner as opposed to bell's finish which ended up uh in the advertising boards behind the goal and, it, and it's 3-1 and like you say I think that it didn't stop us from playing football but it certainly deflated us a little bit it took out that that real punch that we had we were like actually do you know what lads because you could feel it in the stands as well of going hey like there's an equaliser coming um, we were getting more into it um, and, and then they go 3-1 up and it's yeah right okay uh, now we've got to kind of start from the beginning again and, and rebuild that momentum and whilst we played some good football I don't think we got that momentum back and it and it didn't really look like another goal was coming. Yeah, it's very much being kept at arm's length. I think sometimes when you end up playing well against a team that a couple of goals ahead, sometimes it's hard to tell, is that us playing well or is that them just kind of being like, okay, we can yeah. do this in second or third gear now. Uh, we don't need to really go for it. And probably an element of both to, to a certain extent. I think Bayern probably would have been thinking this game's won because, you know, all uh, given we've got, scored six league goals this season, I think... The idea that we had scored two uh, in the final uh, 20 minutes or so, uh, half an hour of the game was a little bit fanciful. Um, but, you know, we, we we tried. Gruder hit the post towards the end, which was another chance. And I, I think 3-2 might have been a, a fair scoreline. Guess we'll never know kind of thing. But, I mean, it, it was... I think I go out of that game feeling better about Mainz as a team uh, than I do getting yeah. into it. And I think if you'd have offered that to me before the kickoff, I wouldn't have taken it because, you know competitive want months to do well but at the same time I wouldn't have been massively gutted uh, to have not been humiliated in a footballing sense because that was very much on the cards before the game 
Yeah, 100% agree. Um, like we like we say, we were going into the game thinking that this could finish 6-7-8-0. Six, six, in fact, after 15 minutes, we're looking at it going, do you know what, this could be a real spanking. Um, but that didn't happen in the end. And there were lots of positive signs. And we, eventually, the problem we've got eventually is this lots of positive signs and we're getting better and we're doing this right and we're doing that right. That has to stop because it is still, like you say, competitive football. You have to put points on the board. And all that matters at the end of the day is what the score is. It doesn't matter if you play well or you are better than you were last week or whatever. If you lose the game 3-1, you get zero points. And if you do that over the course of a season, you don't get enough points and you get relegated. Um, in the In the short term... We're obviously starting to hear a few murmurs about about Bo, um, and whilst I'm not necessarily there with those yet, the whole kind of like Bo out brigade that you get when when things aren't going well in in modern football. Um, we are now 13 league games without a win, and and eventually something's going to have to change, and it's going to have to change more rapidly than kind of slow progression week on week. And we're getting better, and all you know, we did this well, and we've done that well. Eventually, like it's no stop. We have to win this football match, and. To, to quote the old cliche, it, suddenly every game is a cup final. Like you're looking at Bochum on on Friday on Friday night, and it, that is a cup final. You have to win that match because we. I think what we the only team left in the league that hasn't won this season after Cone won the derby at the weekend. Um, I was I was pleased actually. I, I watched the the Monday night football. I watched Tottenham v Fulham. I was pleased checking the table after the game to learn that Sheffield United also haven't won yet this season. So we're not the only club in the top five leagues not to have won a match yet. Um, but yeah, that has to change eventually and it has to be Friday because Leipzig's going to be a difficult game even though that's at home. Um, and after that, it's it's Darmstadt away and, and they're fighting like dogs for their lives to stay in the league as well. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those ones. I think to pick up on some of your earlier points there, I think, yeah, at, at this point, it's very much still not bow out. It's more like, bow. can you change something slightly so that we can start getting different yeah. results? I don't, I don't like it when people go on about, you know, definition of insanity and all that kind of stuff, because that's not what is the case here. But it, we do need to start thinking about, well, if we're not getting the results this way, then is there a different way we can yep. approach it to be uh, receiving kind of better outcomes from uh, what we're trying to do on the pitch? At the same time, I think, although we were defensive against Bayern, we were actually a little bit more courageous going forward as well. I mean, Gruder gives you mm-hmm. a lot more initiative, but it wasn't just him going forward. Uh, and to be honest, from what I've seen, like give the ball to Gruder is quite a good attacking strategy, <laughs> at least better than yeah. sort of some of the other ones that we could be employing. So um, I would like to see us changing things up a bit more, but it, it could be one of those things that we we play the same way against as we did against Bayern against the worst team. And that could very much be a platform to build three points off of. But you're right. It, it's very much at this stage of the season now where, you know, we're bottom. It's not, give it a couple of weeks. Teams will pick up points around you and you can find yourself very easily a few points adrift. And once yeah. you're in bad form, it can be very hard to get yourself out of there. We've seen this before. Obviously, Mainz have basically done a, mir- a miracle in recent history, which kind of maybe skews the thinking about whether there is basically a need to sort of make some kind of drastic action or not. Um, because, you know, they've seen that you can survive later on. But that's very much not normal. And it hasn't happened since. Well, probably probably won't happen for a long time. Um, so I would like to see us sort of begin putting a few points on the board. And you have to be, I mean, you have to be targeting Bochum away. Uh, you know, they're, they're a good team, but they're a beatable team. Darmstadt away, you have to be targeting. Most of your home games, you have to be targeting, at least getting a point on the board as well. We've not managed uh, that since Frankfurt in August. So 
I think it's going to be very, very interesting over the, the next few weeks. I think if give it, if you give it two more games and we've still sat there with two or three points, I think at that point you do have to start thinking, is there someone that can come in and just can, I don't know, make us smile our way to a couple more wins? I don't know. 100%. I listen. I'm just looking at the table now. Uh, I've got it in front of me. Like, Bochum is, they're the other team in the relegation zone with us. They've only won once this season. But, you know, if they beat us on on Friday, suddenly they're on seven points and, and, and pull themselves out of it a little bit. Darmstadt have picked up seven already themselves this season. They go on to 10 with a win against us. Leipzig, you can look at and say, look, we can aim to be getting a point, but they're a team that, that we have the potential of beating. We showed it last season. They are a team that also have the potential of whapping us 8-0, and they've shown that in, in recent seasons. Um, so it's one of those games that I would say at this stage of the season, you could potentially use that as a bit of a free hit. Um, but but Bochum and and Darmstadt, you absolutely have to be picking points up in because if we pick, if we don't win in the next three games, you go 11 games into the season, you're just stuck at the bottom with two points. It's, that's crisis mode, like, and there's, there's no other way of describing it. So, and... I, I think at that stage, I, I would be saying, do you know what, Martin, Christian, I think it's time for, for, for Bo to, to, to walk the fans to say thank you for your work, but we need someone to come in. We need a Sam Allardyce to come in and just keep us up. Like nothing else matters at this point. I mean, uh, I was with you for a large part of that sort of discussion. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, actually, Sam Allardyce in Mainz, Imagine Sam Allard might. Uh, that would be some good content. No, I'm sure stop. we could be. Stop. We, no, but we could be as sort of cultural interpreters as well. Um, imagine the pod content <laughs> if uh, Big Sam came out here. Special guest with Big Sam. He was German Big Sam, which would probably be like Bruno Labadia, which uh, really no, no one, no one deserves no. that. I, oh, I, I agree think, with you. No, no. <laughs> I think it's it is ultimately we're at the point we need some kind of impetus. That impetus can be a good performance and a good, a good win. Sometimes you just get it out of your system, spank someone 4-0 just completely randomly and then it's 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 done. Hopefully that's Bochum at the weekend. I, f- I will be very, very concerned if it's not three points and the sad thing is I could see it not being three points so it'll be a nervous evening won't it, Sheridan? Yeah, no, sadly I won't be at the game either. I, I haven't, haven't been able to work out a way of getting there and getting back at all. Um, sadly it's on the Friday night and um which we're part of, I'm, I'm kind of torn for that because a lot of me thinks, you know, it's gutting. I want to be there because I think there's a good chance of that being our first win for the season. Um, and I really want that to happen, um, whether I'm in the ground or not. But a little bit of me is like, well, I don't want to miss the first win of the season watching it on the television. So <laughs> like a very small percentage of me is like, actually, lads, if we could just pick up a point and then uh, the next time I'm in the stadium, we win. But no, it's... Um, yeah, it's the biggest. There's a lot of us going apparently, which is another uh, reason I'm gutted. There's a, a big following going to be in uh, on Friday, so we hope for our sake and for everyone's sake that goes to the game that things turn around and we take the positives from Bayern um, and and transfer them into another positive performance against the team in and around us that we can actually say, do you know what? We're not the team that's going to go down this season. You're down here for a reason. Watch what we can do. See you later. Thanks for the three points. Cheers. Yeah, Anthony Cassier, number nine, bish bash bosh, show us the dosh. The way you're going on, the way you're going on, we'll have Anthony Cassier and rush goalie by the end of the season. (laughs) I, I mean, of our outfield players, he is hundred percent the player I could see wearing a goalkeeper shirt uh, the most out of out of that squad. Outfielders, I see this. Uh, Dominic Core, maybe Sylvan Vidmar or Dominic Core for me. Mm, Yeah. Okay. 
we'll put that to the listeners. If, if you've listened this far and you want to put, weigh in, then please do. I'd love to hear you think from our squad would look most at home in a goalkeeper shirt that's not a goalkeeper. Um, but there we go. I think we should leave it there, Sheridan. Any final thoughts? No, uh, we're leaving this on a positive note. I'm not going to sit here and, and complain about anything because this is the first time in a few weeks that things have been positive. So smiles from me. Well, there we go. Uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening and uh, we'll be with you again in a week to talk about Bochum. Cheers.